questions. History. Religion. Grace. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Rachel. Join us as we talk about our favorite TV shows and movies and point out grace. With some interesting twists and a little humor. You're listening to Who's Saying Grace. Welcome to Who's Saying Grace, Season 1, Episode 1. We are so ready to get into this podcast. (laughs) Eight, Eight years later, here we are. Okay, but first, this is a disclaimer. This podcast is not just one that you jump into. And what I mean by that is, first of all, it's sequential. And you have to start at the beginning. So you should probably mm-hmm. maybe go to the introduction first so you know what we're even trying to convey. And it's also kind of imperative that you watch the show we're discussing. Otherwise, it's just it's not going to make sense. <laughs> right. So, okay, in a nutshell from our introduction, we've come up with our own definition of God's grace. And we are going to use our favorite television shows to explain how we came up with that and why it's so important to us. It has completely changed our lives. We're happier. We have purpose. I think we genuinely love life. And so if you want that too, then come and join our discussion. Now, our definition of God's grace is very simple. Grace is our God-given ability to choose our own destiny. So basically... Our destiny is really a series of choices and the consequences to those choices. We're free to make our own choices, but we're, we're not free from those consequences. Yeah. And really, where does God fit in all this? And how do we make sense of this life and our struggles? And I love how these shows give us this great platform to discuss God and religion and our choices and consequences. And I am truly in awe of these writers that they can develop these characters and these scenes that portray these struggles so clearly and they just, they hit us so deep in our core. I mean, maybe it's just that natural humanity in the course of human life just kind of showing up, but maybe there's not like this big secret to it all. Mm. I don't know. But what I do know is that we're going to jump into the Netflix series called The Last Kingdom. If you haven't watched this, you need to go right now. Go now. Seriously, it's so good. Yeah. Stop everything that you're doing. (laughs) Go watch Put down your children. I don't, whatever. Whatever you're doing. (laughs) You're cooking in the middle of it. It's just going to have to burn. Um, But basically, The Last Kingdom is the Danes versus the Saxons. Um, And it starts in in the year 866 is kind of the setting. And these Danes are coming to what is eventually be, will be known as England. Um, right now, I think they call it Britain. The Danes, they need land and they need resources. And so they're coming. <laughs> That's it. They're on their way and they are, for, they are a force to be reckoned with. And you, at this time, you can see so, it's like a melting pot. There's so many different influences going on. The Romans, um, the Britons, I think there's like Welsh, there's the Saxons, the Danes, and now you're going to mix in um, all of this trying to come together. To They all want the land. They want control. Everybody wants control. Right. So starting out, we have the Danes. And their philosophy is if you want it, you take it. And I mean, why not? There is nobody stopping them. Well, I mean, except for the uh, Saxons. <laughs> but anyway, they are completely out for themselves. They're driven by their physical needs 
and then how they're going to meet those needs. They're brutally honest and raw and they're pagan. I mean, they aren't totally godless because they do have multiple gods and seers. And then on the other side of the coin, you have the Saxons who think, oh, we're so sophisticated and higher minded. <laughs> they're like the holy, <laughs> righteous and prideful. They're vague. They're secretive. And they have to prove their devotion to God. And if all that is in check, then God's going to provide your needs. God's on your side. And they have blessings and prayers and acts and rules. And that's how you show that devotion. You know? So we're going to look at three scenes today in the first episode of The Last Kingdom. And really how the two groups, the Danes and the Saxons, how they live their life out so differently. And we're just going to kind of highlight some of that, highlight their struggles, their life. And then ultimately, who is really showing grace? Yep. You guys catch a theme of how grace is kind of important to us. <laughs> like, <laughs> just a little bit. We, let me put on my Miss America here, because we are going to tell you that we believe this is going to bring us together as a nation. It's like as a world, world peace. And grace is the answer to humanity. It's no surprise that God puts so much emphasis on it. And especially in Paul's books of the Bible, that, that, that's why Paul, he calls it the grace message. It's not sneaky. It's right there. <laughs> not sneaky. Right sneaky. And the first scene we picked is, okay, do you guys remember the scene where Bayoka and Ospert, spoiler, soon to be called Uhtred, are talking about the importance of the written word? Right away we can see this intimate part of their relationship between Bayoka and Uhtred. Bayoka's the teacher, and then he's like so accepting of Ospert from the beginning, and they have a playful relationship. It's kind of like a parent and a rebelling teen. Bayoka <laughs> is telling Ospert how important it is to read and write, and Ospert's challenging him, and he wants to know why. He's not just okay with, okay, you said so, then okay, that's why. He, he wants to know, like, why? Yeah. Ospert's questioning, and he's wondering why. He really wants to know why they do what they do and all those traditions, and he doesn't really necessarily understand. He doesn't really understand their culture and their traditions. And Bayoka's answering him with these very canned answers, and Ospert starts talking about their past and how they used to be pagan and mentions Odin and Woden, and Bayoka, Bayoka just stops and answers him and says, we have seen the error of our ways. We now look to Rome. They're pagan. They're wrong. We're right. And we're blessed. <laughs> yeah. And that they have this relationship that's built on respect and being truthful with each other. And in this conversation, they're really working through their beliefs because Bayoka, he thinks he's got it all figured out. But as Ospreit continues to question him, he gets sort of exasperated by the buy it and he basically is like a parent to a child he's like because i said so we're blessed <laughs> we're blessed <laughs> and really listening to you talk about bayoka in this scene is kind of makes me think of the phrase you need to have childlike faith and i i may be going to go down a little bit of a rabbit trail here but um i mean first of all it's like bayoka he can't even question his faith at all he's so set in his ways and if he even questions his ways or traditions would seem like a lack of faith but then you hear people all the time say you need to have childlike faith and Ospert has this childlike curiosity Ospert questions so 
who's more faithful here? I mean, what do you think people mean when they say you need to have childlike faith? What do you think they mean? I think it means children, they believe what they're told to believe. That was us. I mean, that was our faith. Like, this is what you believe. Right. This is it. Now go do your life. Get going. There you go. Great. And then really, like I said before, something to question is just a lack of faith. And then we hear that it's good to have childlike faith. And in the book of Mark in the Bible is where we get that when Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me. And Jesus then commends the little children. And then he tells the adults around or the other people around them that they cannot receive the kingdom without being like a child. <laughs> it's so confusing. I, what does this even mean? Okay, so to break it down, it's not about blindly obeying something or being ignorant. It's really about humility and then just genuinely wanting to know answers and not being afraid to question. And I really think in this scene, Osper has that true childlike faith. And it's not because he's this child and blindly obeying his elder it's because he's asking questions and he's being genuine he really wants to know playfully but he's still asking questions and i really think we're going to see later that bayoka he really starts to realize that his own like blind obedience it doesn't really make sense and he does not have good answers mm -mm. okay here's another tangent i have one this is a good teaching moment. So for so long, we were part of churches where the law was the main focus, right? And mm -hmm. it felt like oh, yeah. we were just supposed to be like little children yep. and go along, like I said, with what was being said and just obey. But the law was meant to be obeyed without question. But then we learned about grace and that was eye-opening because it gave us the ability to question and make our own decisions, right? Yes, Absolutely. Relationships grow and change and they teach us so much. And so with our children, we want them to just obey us and not ask why. And that's just like following the law. But when we, when our children get older, they need to know why. And that's grace. And that's what it really teaches us. In the Old Testament, Israel was like God's children. Yes. Just obey the law. That's what he was trying to convey versus today the body of Christ is like being grown sons of God. And I love the interaction between Bayoka and Ospert. Ospert is like the body of Christ and having that grown son mentality, even though he's a little kid, mm -hmm. which is kind of ironic. Mm -hmm. And Bayoka is like the law abiding Israel. And, you know, he's like, don't question, just do it. Yeah. And then you have this comb thing that comes up. And Bayoka tells Ospert, you have to swear on this comb because you even mentioned Odin. Like, this is what has to happen. And like, it's this, he mentioned the pagan gods and now thou shall not have other gods mentality. And this comb's a relic. So this is going to, you know, negate all that that you just said because it has special powers. And that's, yeah. that leads us into the relics being part of their faith, which. And I, yeah, yeah that's a whole nother rabbit trail, but I'll <laughs> yeah. just touch on that a little bit. Because I, I believe God is very equal and just. And if a relic doesn't give equal power and, you know, to whoever it's meant to give the power to, whether it be Christians or regular people, then it's probably not true. And they're really just taking these Bible verses out of context. Um, at one time, God was doing that in the Old Testament. And there were 
very special biblical relics, but that is not what is going on today. Back in the Old Testament, God used those relics to then eventually show how we develop idols. God used those things to show us how we create these false gods. And Baoka is just grasping at straws, trying to prove that he's all knowledgeable, and Ospert just needs to listen to him and blindly obey, obey, rather, like parents tell us to do. And that's what churches even do. And that's the worst thing you can do to someone is basically shame them and to stop asking questions. It's sad. <laughs> but but the scene ends with them being playful and joking. And they talk about naming pets pagan names, which that's funny. There's, oh, what if we name a pig name? I can't think it was a pig or a dog or something like that. But yeah. Bayoka then is like, where's your father? And Osbert's like, he's humping the servant girl. And I love these little humor scenes. Like, let's just, they, Brilliant. they're, they're they are not like right out there. Like it's witty, it's dry, it it goes right into what's saying. So you can miss it. You would have, you would totally miss it. Yeah. I mean, so how many times have we watched these shows? Right. Way too many to right. count. So, so you catch really, those but, things, but it's yeah. Seriously, some of those scenes that you catch like that are hilarious. But it just goes to the brilliance of the show. Even in that tiny playful scene, most people would probably totally overlook it. But again, they reinforce exactly what was just portrayed. That the elders or the older people that are supposed to be the most knowledgeable mm-hmm. and the most holy Lady, and the most righteous. <laughs> because they have to be. Yeah. I mean, if, if, they, if they aren't, their whole faith is going to crumble. And then here we have the dad. The king of Bebenburg or the <laughs> lord, lord of Bebenburg yeah. is out humping the servant girl. Right. Kind of ironic. So... Next totally. scene, yeah. Second right. scene of Grace. Bayoka is okay. We've got Uhtred is supposed to be like he's with the Danes right now because he was captured, but they're gonna like barter and trade and like basically selling him back to his uncle, who is now mm-hmm. in charge. He's now like the Lord of Bevenberg because they didn't know where Uhtred was. Well, Bayoka is with the uncle, and it's like you've got these two sides coming to negotiate over the trade of this. This kid, really. And mm-hmm. Bayoka's like, uh, yo, this is bad news bears, man. Right? And it's so interesting because this, we really think this is a really good scene because Bayoka has, he starts to make some transitions here. He's not just sitting there praying and keeping his mouth shut and believing and sitting back and waiting on God to save him. He starts to take action. He goes to Uhtred and he's, you know, he pleads with him kind of quietly, but he says, do not go with your uncle. Your uncle's going to kill you. So right here we see Bayoka taking action and not just sitting back and waiting on God to save them all. Bayoka is, he is still an instrument of God, but he's doing what he knows is right. Mm -hmm. And I really think that's how the body of Christ works. Right now on earth, we are the hands and feet of Christ and we make decisions based on you know what we know according to god's word and as best as we can according to grace yeah like you said this is a huge scene for Bayoka. it's a turning point just like you because he's going against his own belief system he's not waiting on god to fix it right this predicament it's like he learned a lesson almost maybe like Mm -hmm. from when that praying didn't work for the battle like uh uh-oh like um yikes because he was praying at that battle like save us save you know god do your thing and that Guess what? They died. Spoiler. 
<laughs> so you're Spoiler like, um, alert. God, did you fall asleep? Like, what's happening? Maybe something else. Maybe he got it wrong. Maybe the praying, the praying, the praying, maybe it doesn't work like that. I don't know. It didn't work. No. I don't know. All the blessed people are dead. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> moving along. <laughs> we have this third and final scene that we want to highlight is between Uhtred and Ragnar. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it's such a beautiful scene. They're sitting by the fire. They're having this wonderful son to father, father son talk. Yeah. Um, young Uhtred's even there in the background. And Wait, young Ragnar. they're having this. Young Ragnar. Did I say young yeah, Uhtred? Yeah, I mean, young Ragnar. Osbert, nine Young Ragnar's there. It's the whole family. Yeah. And they're bonding and they're becoming this close, tight knit family. And Ragnar is so proud of Uhtred right now because he had just um, kind of proven mm. his loyalty to the family in the scene before. Yeah, so good. And Ragnar is realizing um, how much he loves Uhtred mm. and really bringing him into the family. And Ragnar gives Uhtred this amulet and it's, it's a hammer kind of like Thor's. And I think Ragnar was a little hesitant to give it mm -hmm. because Uhtred was a Christian and the amulet's pagan. But again, I think he sees something different in Uhtred. Yeah. And then Ragnar leaves and Uhtred's there by himself looking at this amulet. And he also has an amulet from Bevinber that was from his father. Mm -hmm. And so he's wrestling. You can see it. It's like Saxon roots and his Dane spirit. And he's part of the Dane family. And he's just wrestling with traditional ways in this new freedom, law versus grace. He's so yeah. torn. And he fits so much better with the Danes, like that free spirit part. And but he wants to fulfill his roots, but he wants the freedom. But he wants this. But he wants this. So he knows he can't have yeah. true freedom under the Saxon Roman religion, though. Right. Yeah. And like you said, this scene it just really makes us think of the law and grace and that struggle. And Uhtred sees the difference between having the freedom, like the Danes, to just take what you want, or having the laws and the religious piety like the Saxon where God ordains your choices. But if God really is ordaining your choices, then why did he allow his people to die? I mean, why did Uhtred's father die in that battle? And so once again, Uhtred's questioning, and that's really what God allows us to do with grace is to question. Oh, I love it. You know, like young Ragnar, like you said, is there, and he chimes in with this perfect example of the Dane way. He's like, if you want something, you take it. Right. So who is truly free to choose their own destiny? Who's truly listening? Who's choosing? What do you think? Who's saying grace? I don't know. Yeah, like choosing their destiny. Um, I, I think Ragnar is because he is like, in, in also I will tie in other scenes like from the show, which I know we're not going to go into, but mm -hmm. he is giving so much grace because he's just brought Uhtred into his family. Usually they kill him. And he's right. got this Saxon that he's they? loved. Yeah. And so I think he shows a lot of grace in that, in that way. But that may be kind of the old way of thinking of grace. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good example. Very good example. Mm. Now, <laughs> so of I know course, what I am going to say Uhtred because, Uhtred's spoiler alert, Uhtred is the main character. <laughs> and we think that this show should have been called grace instead of the last kingdom because it's really all about grace <laughs> yeah. and it's just beautiful the way he struggles between his saxon roots and his dane roots and it's it's beautiful it's that law versus grace struggle 
And I think that there's a balance there. And I think he he's truly searching for the balance. He may not know that. Um, but within all of us, we are all searching for balance between law and grace. And ultimately, grace gives us the freedom to do that. To choose. So. God, give me the ability yep. to choose. Okay. We want to hear from you. We, we really want to know what you think. And we want to know who you think is saying grace. So call us, text us. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, it is important we hear from you. So if you need to, you get those courier pigeons out or smoke signals. I don't know. Somehow get that message to us. <laughs> right? Okay. But seriously, you can find us on Instagram at who.is.saying.grace. Or you can email us at our Gmail, which is whoissayinggrace at gmail.com. All right, reach out to us.